Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we talk about all things TV. Today is Monday. I don't know. I usually don't say the name, the the day that it is. We're talking about kind of everything. We haven't talked with each other in a little minute. We were both on vacation. And also, we were uh, taking a little pause during the beginning of the actor strike. Jess, I don't know if you want to say a little something about that. Sure. Yeah, I've been following all of the guidelines and everything pretty closely. SAG's been putting out a lot of like FAQs in addition to their actual stated guidelines and updating their website all the time. They had an extra sort of question answer the other day or about a week ago now that was specifically about podcasts and their own members can't be going on podcasts right now to talk about struck work. And there are also guidelines that say influencers can't be talking about struck work. Again, these are people who are in the guild. Jenny and I obviously are not, but we wanted to be you know, respectful and cognizant of the guidelines. Having seen what people are doing and what other podcasts are doing and continuing to do, we feel comfortable basically going back to business as usual on our podcast as we are not members of the guild, we're not influencers, and we're not, I don't know, we're not I keep wanting to say not work. yet after everything you say not as a yet, joke, I know. but I also... <laughs> well, and but in general, I think it's like it's silly to say like, oh, well, our podcast is small, so it doesn't have an impact. I mean, we're going to continue to look at guidelines. We we really do want to be respectful. We support the people on strike. This seems to make sense going forward. We want to keep talking with each other about TV shows, and we feel comfortable doing that as of now. But we'll keep an eye on it. And yeah, we appreciate everybody hanging with us as we've flip flopped. <laughs> Trying to figure been, out what seems best. Yeah. So it has been what, like a month, I think, since we've done a check-in, which is fun because we'll have potentially lots to, to talk about. Although my TV watching habits have also sort of shifted during the strike in interesting ways. I'll put a pin in that though and ask where you want to start. What do you want to talk about first? Um, well, I have a question that might lead me into like a good transition. I, w- with regard to the strike, I was wondering if you meet, is your TV watching changed more toward reality TV. I know we did one full newsletter episode when I was gone. You did That's when I went one. rogue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did that because I, yeah, again, like wasn't sure what right, was right. To... Obviously reality TV doesn't fall under struck work because they're in a different union of, or no union. I don't know that there is a union at all for no, reality TV. No, not that I'm aware of. In fact, the reason that I brought it up is that I saw um, something about the Love Is Blind lawsuits. Have you? Are you familiar with this at all? Two no, of the recent me. cast members. Um, I don't know if one of them is a lawyer and the other one's just supporting him, or they're both lawyers and they've created this new. Um, uh, they've they've created a group that's sort of like for the mental health and also for the representation of people who are on these uh, reality TV shows who like don't get support in in the way that makes sense for people who are essentially uh employees for a while um they were they there's this whole clip of them talking about the abuse that they underwent while they were on love is blind and just like deprived of food like really weird eating hours like deprived of water only plied with alcohol like stuff that you if you've seen the tv show unreal or like have heard anything about you know the bachelor or like a lot of these um these shows it doesn't sound out of the ordinary for these shows but i sort of felt like that was maybe in the past sounds like it's not sounds like there's still just like bad conditions when you're on a reality tv show and they were paid i think they were paid like a little over seven dollars an hour for their time based on how long they were there on shoot days yeah yeah i think in general like they don't get paid right i mean the bachelor contestants don't get paid at all Oh, I, didn't I don't know about that. Love is Blind, but yeah, Love I've is blind, read that like before. Were. So a couple of things with that is just reality TV, that stuff is super interesting. I, I'm interested to see how far that goes. Like if they do, if they do create a union for cast members of reality TV shows, things that would be very interesting to follow. Putting a pin in that though, reality TV exploded during the last writer's strike, which for reasons of like, you don't need you don't need to hire writers you don't need to hire actors uh and that made a lot of 
companies a lot of money. Um, and so I've been thinking and also hearing friends that are closer to the industry talk a lot about, about they, they're like worried that that will happen again, especially I'm like, I share their worry now knowing what I know about how poorly people are paid and how poorly people are treated that with reality shows not being struck work, people are like, oh, this is okay to watch and talk about, which might not be like a great, <laughs> might not be a great solution. Um, and I'm wondering, I haven't really noticed reality TV on the rise again in the last couple of weeks, but it hasn't been that long since both SAG and um, the WGA. I mean, WGA have been on strike for a while, but I don't know. I haven't really been noticing the pattern, but I'm going to keep a lookout now. Was that's, that during, so the last fire strike, 2007 2008 was 100 days long and i i was alive but i don't remember like the details of it i remember all the only thing i really that stuck with me was that i knew which season of a show was the writer's strike season because it was the only season that was sub 22 episodes yeah, back when everything was a standard number of episodes and so yeah if i was like binging a show in 2010 i was like, oh yes, the writer's strike season. That's why there's only 16 episodes. But and in terms continuity of continuity things, yeah. Remembering things from the strike itself, like I don't really. So this idea of like reality show being more popular, I keep hearing that. I don't actually remember that. So I don't remember was that while the strike was happening, or was that the tail effect of like it was a few months of shows not being back that that would normally have been back. That was I assume that was when everybody was watching reality TV. And then I don't know how that would have like shaken out in that time period. Cause that was the end of the year, 2007, end of 2007, early 2008. Yeah. I should look into this before I say anything concrete, but just my guess is that it's a little bit of a combo. Like people started watching reality TV more heavily. Those numbers translated to people in the production companies being like, Hey, we can green light a bunch of work that doesn't require actors or writer. Or, I mean, I guess more so writers in this case, look, the numbers are like behind us. If we, if we create more reality shows, people will watch them. And so then it greenlit more. And so there was this sort of cycle of people watching more reality TV and then more reality TV being made because that's what they could make. Yeah. So it was more of making. like a trailing effect because yes, that was all so. that they could work on for a bit. That's what I figured. And that makes more sense. So along those lines, we wouldn't necessarily see that now. It's also just as a side note, a little over a hundred days right now that the writers, the writers have been right. striking. So that's interesting only to note that it is longer at this point by a few days than the previous strike. Uh, although WGA and AMPTP did meet last week. I heard that. Friday yeah. maybe. Um, don't know if anything came of that. I didn't see any news. Just Me saw neither. that they met. So hopefully things are coming to an end. I fear what would happen if this went on for much longer, we may only have reality TV to talk about for the next year. And then Double Take will really have to shift our focus <laughs> because I wouldn't say reality TV is our specialty. Mm -mm. I, and like I came up with like four shows for the newsletter and that was like, all right, these are the four reality TV shows I watch. Like, yeah, they're my favorite, but also like, that's it. That's all I've got. Yeah. I mean, I could always pivot to British shows, but then again, like again, every show that we pivot to in an attempt to remove ourselves from shows just like struck work there are also issues with like we were talking about reality tv but also like the fact that the british actors can't strike with their american counterpoints it's not that like they wouldn't want to it's that they're forbidden from doing that like i don't know if that's a good thing either anyway the this industry they need to uh they need to figure some stuff out in the meantime we can talk about some tv <laughs> we, we can always to... talk about old tv well what's the reality tv that you've been watching None. It was just this reality. This is the love is blind stuff that I was following. Oh, you're not actually watching more. I thought you were about to transition into how your watching habits have changed. You just haven't watched anything no, have you, you in the last Your watching habits have changed is what you I said. Thought I thought yours had too. I thought we were coming back to mine after we discussed yours. No, mine have remained very similar. In fact, I would say instead of reality TV, I pivot more toward YouTube when I don't know what to watch. Like yeah, I definitely don't YouTube do that. Content. Well, mine have kind of changed because of the strike, but I got to say it probably also is fewer shows were slated to come out in the last like month or so. And that just always happens in the summer. So I wouldn't say that's, it's certainly not an effect of the strike because the strike's effects are going to be later. 
the schedule was just sort of light and there wasn't anything coming out that I was super jazzed about. A couple of returning shows, obviously the bear came and went, watched that. Uh, the Righteous Gemstones came back, the after party came back, but there weren't other than like a couple of things that I can, I'll talk about as we continue to speak. There wasn't really anything coming out that I was like, Oh my God, I can't wait to binge that. So I needed Mm -hmm. a nighttime show and Matt and I watch shows together at night and we haven't had a solid nighttime show in a while, especially not a good binger. So I started watching psych, which I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure I told you. Yes, you did. And I'd never seen it before. And I'm already on season three. We I'm watch so like many episodes per night and we both love it so much. So Amazing. that's Matt how my habits have changed. No, I think he watched some of them when he was a kid, but not voraciously. So yeah. like just sort of, he has familiarity with it, but not the way some of my friends are like, oh my God, I can't believe you never watched it. He was just like, yeah, I know some of these episodes, but we're both super into it. This feels very, this feels like a more pure rewatch slash binge like this feel the way you're watching psych feels like the way I used to find old tv shows in college or high school and watch them like it feels like a while since I've picked up something that was from decently long ago and it's nice it's been a while for me too before this I don't know what the last one was all my rewatches tended to just be my sitcoms over and over again yeah ones that are the last like five years Yeah. yeah But no, I yeah, in like high school, college, I totally used to do that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The only other one that I've been thinking that I like might want to do other than Veronica Mars, which we're doing, is Buffy. But I'm like, mm, I'll just wait until we do that on the podcast. That feels like a good podcast one. Yeah. I mean, I far be it for me to stop you from watching Buffy. We'll figure out how to incorporate it in. If you need to watch Buffy, I support I don't it. need to. I, but, and I've still got, what, like six seasons of Psych left? There are so many seasons yeah, of the true. show. I didn't realize. Signed myself up for quite, shows, quite man. the marathon. But well, we are making quick work. So that's really how my habits have changed. I do have a couple of new shows that came out in the last month that I did already watch that we can talk about. I think do you have We have some overlap. Yeah. I mean, we both... I'm assuming I spoke to you when we both started. I'm assuming we both finished the flat share. I finished that today. Yeah. Yeah. I think I binged it in the span of two days, maybe three, maybe three. It was pretty it, quick, well, it came, quick work. We were talking about it on, hmm, I guess, no, it was Thursday maybe that we were talking about it, but then Thursday, it went yeah. away for the weekend. So I did watch it in two days, but not two consecutive days. Got it. Yeah. That was a bit of a, like a sleeper fun surprise. Um, I saw a tweet which led me to a TikTok which told me that the previously unavailable British uh, TV show Flatshare, which is based on a book, if anyone's, I don't know, in the book talk community, I, I'm assuming it was popular outside. Was it a book talk book? book? Oh, yeah. I, I only know really about it, it. How did I know about it? Probably I don't you. know. I think we may have just independently read it. I think, no, I think you told me about it. Okay. I don't recall, but I, I'll take it. Um. Yeah. And then I saw that it was suddenly available on Freebie with like zero fanfare. I didn't see it except from this tweet to TikTok to then verify it myself. And yeah, there it is just with ads uh, on Freebie. I don't know what it it came up in the like first credits, what um, what channel or what uh, streaming service it was originally on. I don't know if you remember. Well, it was what? It says Paramount Plus, but it was only in the UK or maybe everywhere else except the US, but definitely not the US. Weird that it's not then available on Paramount Plus in the US. Well, that's what I mean. It was, yeah, it was only available in Paramount Plus, I think in the UK, but like I said, maybe in in other countries too. But it was a British production that paired with, I guess, with Paramount Plus in the UK. I enjoyed it a lot. I have a lot of notes actually for it, but I don't have to go into all of them. I have a few notes. Maybe we table the okay, detailed then... conversation to the end for the people who have seen it or care to hear about it. And yeah, if you want to go read the book, The Flat Share, uh, I was going to say who wrote it. And it turns out that info was not at the top of my head. <laughs> do you, do you know I don't it? have it either. I was going to be like, thank God Justice is saying this because I don't remember who wrote it. Julie? No. Uh, Beth O'Leary. Oh, Beth and Julie are very similar. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's so young. Born in 1992. Dang. Um, that probably isn't that young. But whenever somebody is a published author, <laughs> the that's 90s. like basically my age, our age. I'm like, wow, good for them. Yeah. It's, Got a lot of work cool. to do. 
it was a it was a pretty okay book. I'll say that yeah. I didn't love it, but I did enjoy the show. Just for for those who haven't seen it yet or are curious about it, it's a it's a rom com essentially. It's about a two people who share a flat together, but they share it at different times. So they don't actually meet each other. They habitate this one bedroom apartment, like 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. One of them does. And then 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. The other one does. Very sort of odd, unrealistic concept that is cute in the book. But there were things about the book that I didn't love that I think I liked the show much better. So that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, I think you covered it. I don't really remember the book so much. I remember thinking it was like fine, fluffy. Well, I mean, not fluffy, but light in general, rom com me. Um, and my main memory of the book is that they communicated using post it notes, and that was in the TV show. So that's, yeah. Oh, I do have more memories about the book, which normally I don't. But again, we can, we, we can, can table yeah, that. What else that have you been watching? I um, have been watching The Summer I Turned Pretty, which I know you already finished. I'm I'm slogging my way through. I don't know why. I think when I turn it on when I need to do chores, um, it just seems like more like an easier thing for me to do then. But it doesn't remove the cringe from it at all. Like even when I'm only half paying attention, I'm still mad at myself for watching it. So I might stop. I'm surprised you're still watching it. Truly, yeah. The chemistry is so non-existent. It makes me mad. I think maybe yeah. I'm doing the the classic thing that I always do, which is like, this could have been better if they had done this or like they should have changed this thing and then it would have been better. But there's just too much to change. They should have changed point. the actors. They, mm, yeah. But for some reason that it didn't bother people in the first season. It like bothered me a lot less. I was just yeah, like, oh, but cute. The first I don't know. season was so much better. No, and I don't have a problem with Lola, Belly, the actress who plays Belly. I think she's good. I think she's Doesn't so, so much chemistry. better. Than the other two, than the boys, and there's yeah, and there's no chemistry between them. But I think that's also because the boys like Je- and Jeremiah is like fine. I'll give him that. I'll give him a fine. Whoa, no, no, no. <laughs> from what I can remember, because he was not memorably bad in the way that he's Conrad the one that was. makes my skin crawl. Well, he has that sort of like broody stare thing going on that seems to be like his whole personality, but. I'm I'm gonna say that's the way he was directed. I don't feel like his lines are delivered quite as bad. Well, I'm I think not it's remembering unf- them. I think it's unfair of me a little bit because I think any like teenager that tries to be suave gives me the heebie-jeebies. Well, that's fair. <laughs> or like I just like think is funny outwardly, and do- so it's therefore Probably doesn't for the best achieve that you feel yeah, that way. Th- agreed, but I think that maybe I shouldn't be the one to. Yeah, this is- I'm not the audience. I suppose. Um, I do want to say I think I texted you this. Chugging LaCroix is insane. And the fact that they put that in that, like a scene in the TV show and it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was just like them slurping from straws and a LaCroix can. And there was no, that was just like part of the scene. I don't know if I'm accurately. Well, I, I don't, know. I just don't remember the scene. It didn't stick out to me. Just who People chugs chug LaCroix? Bubbly beverages though. That's not like beers carbonated and people chug that. I have a specific like. Things you drink out of straws and are and like don't come up for air for a long time. It seems like a very specific category of thing that you could do that with, and more so a specific category of thing that you can't really drink out of straws without coming up for air. And then they're staring at each other. Well, that's that's we can we staring (laughs) and doing it at the same time is certainly odd. There were a lot of parts of the season that I kind of I wouldn't say I was half watching, but I just was. The cringe factor was so high that I was like, please, if I focus on this, I'm going to want to die. It's too much for me. So I just sort of, I don't know, reallocated my brain space while I was watching it to other things. Yeah. My final note, oh, I have two, I have my final two notes was that the actor from eighth grade, Elsie Fisher as Sky, was I couldn't place her for the longest time. Um, I've never seen eighth grade. Oh, wow. I liked it a lot. I know of it, but. Yeah. And then um, in one of the more recent episodes the guy from the convenience store sells them beer because belly tells them like a sob story about how it's their last thing no way in hell would he have served them alcohol just like you wouldn't risk being caught you wouldn't risk selling to underage men. just not realistic anyway um so much was unrealistic why did they sleep on the grass at the country club instead of inside the many rooms of the country club that they found yeah 
I think we talked about it a little bit in the last second because I'd watched it maybe by then, but I don't think you would. But watched. I had only seen like the first couple of episodes. Yeah. yeah. Wait, is it over now? Uh, if it airing? is, I haven't seen the the last episodes. It, I got a jump scare when Jeremiah's started doing the voiceover and stopped. Oh, that was weird. I didn't like right. that it. It was suddenly that him. I'm assuming what it was is like he got a chapter in the book, maybe, and probably. So they wanted, but but I doesn't work. I didn't well. care about it. Um, yeah, and then something I have been enjoying more is I started Good Omen season two, and I'm maybe halfway through with that. I heard very good things about that. I heard actually wanted to ask you this. I heard that you could. I don't know if you should, but that you could watch season two having not seen season one and that season two was better and that maybe if you haven't seen season one you should just go to season two interesting i do agree with the first part of that i think you could watch it without having seen season one there there are some callbacks but it's i think would be easily explained by just like you using you know context clues uh so definitely and then i can't speak to it being fully better yet just because i haven't seen the full season but yeah i could see some first there were, there were some plot points in season one that i was just like ah i don't really care about this i really wish it was just more of the main two characters and so far we're really sticking with david Tennant's character and michael sheen's character so yeah i will i will say a tentative yes to all of those things i just really um one of the things that i was going to say without giving anything away about season two is just the two of them together still like season one they were incredible season two they're incredible I feel so much joy and like love for David Tennant whenever he's on screen good omens feels a little bit like revisiting him David Tennant as um the doctor and doctor who he's not that same character but we get to go to, uh, to like a lot of different places and meet a lot of different people um, and he interacts with all of those people and it has that energy. And I just like seeing him with a lot of different people. Uh, no, I mean, I also like my, Michael Sheen. He's cool too. <laughs> He's very good. But David Tennant in particular, I have such a soft spot for him. Yeah, I have I have that on my list. I don't know. It feels like, I feel like the more that I think about the conversation we had about whether or not I like fantasy, the more I realize the answer is is actually no. I know we postulated that but i just i think we might have it might have been true it might be accurate yeah i think there might be except i mean there are clearly exceptions or at least fantasy that you somewhat tolerate well, you know what i like i think i think i figured it out i like uh and i was gonna say like witches and wizards i don't think that's it specifically i think i like school like um Got fantasy it. schools is that, mm-hmm. that that's not the name of that genre but that, that's a genre do you know well, i mean? do think we could make it a new genre though yeah I don't know that I don't think fantasy school is the way people refer to it, but I'm pretty sure that is a genre, fantasy especially in yeah. the book world. No, I just there's something about like the combo of the coming of age with magical powers. And maybe it's that I was super into that concept when I was a child and I really wanted magical powers. But I don't know. I like I love that, but this sort mm. of oh, super world building heavy war story fantasy i don't even, i don't know i'm like lord of the rings game of thrones i've never liked those very much so whatever that genre is fa- fantasy of fantasy i saw a trailer for wheel of time while i was watching oh yeah did the you Flasher. actually a million trailers for the wheel of time was that your advertisement as well no surprising because i did watch wheel of time so yeah they put the first three episodes for free on freebie so they kept pushing that and before it said what it was, which I remember that you watched season one. That was one of our first newsletters ever. I think mm-hmm. you, you wrote about that. And I had thought, well, maybe that'll be interesting. I watched the trailer. It didn't say it was Wheel of Time yet. And I thought, what on earth is this terrible looking show? <laughs> like I tr- I literally thought it was maybe a joke or just some sort of low budget nonsense. And then it said Yikes. Wheel of Time season two was like coming out soon. And I was like, hmm, I guess <laughs> I will not be watching that. And also maybe I just hate fantasy. So that was my revelation. Yeah. I I don't know if I'm, I I think it seems like you don't like high fantasy. I I'm again, I don't want to like upset anyone who is really into high fantasy and I'm splitting, I'm not splitting enough hairs. I think it's high fantasy that you don't like, because that, in my opinion, that's what I sort of put onto like anything that has battles or that really heavy world building. But I think it's just the battles. I think it's when people start to do that really dramatic, like, 
I don't know what the yeah. Wheel of Time trailer was, but it was some sort of dramatic showdown type thing, I think. And I was immediately uninterested. Like, show me a bunch of little wizard kids into it. That's cool. <laughs> While, okay, it doesn't really fall into either bucket that you're describing right now. It's neither fantasy school nor is it battley. So I think Good Omens could go either way for you, especially season two. It's, yeah. Um, the fantasy is just sort of like a side note. In many well, ways. I liked the Sandman, all right. It wasn't my favorite, but I enjoyed it. I think you might like this better. But oh. I'm, yeah, cool. Okay, well, that's good because I did. I got through all of the Sandman, so that is that's high praise, actually. Oh, okay. high enough. Well, high enough to get me to watch it, I should say. Got no, it. I don't know. I'll try it. What else have you been watching? Uh, Foundation, the Apple TV Plus. I'm. I was trying I to did. get through. Yeah, I was trying to get through season one before season two came out, and I missed it. And so then I just stopped because I was like, ah, it's not worth it. I'll just watch the rest of the season one on my own time. And so I have been finishing it up. Carter and I have been watching together. I'm interested. It's like definitely it's caught me a little bit. It's not my like the best show I've seen sci-fi wise in a long time, but it is it is interesting. Carter gets really caught up on the fact that they use math in foundation as like this. Like if you know math, if you know the right algorithms and the right um not formulas, what I'm trying to say, like theorems that you can predict the future, essentially, like run predictive models, which in some senses with math is somewhat true, but they're saying like can predict very specific like cultural shifts. And so that's sort of the premise of foundation. You're you're just asked to believe that math is this like, oh, math in this world is magic, actually. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, there are cool parts of it. There are sometimes just like a little bit chaos theory is oh, not going that's to like you tell know. you. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I can see it. That's like whenever they show somebody in like terminal on their computer hacking the mainframe. Mm. I'm like, no, that's absolutely not how you would do that. Nor right. is that it even takes you out for a second. appropriate. Yeah. So I can see what you mean. Um, it's a little nerdy of us, I suppose. But it hasn't stopped me from watching it. It bothers, again, like I said, it bothers Carter more than it bothers me. But it is one element to note. I watched a trailer for Foundation and I thought, well, oh, actually, that's not for me at all. So <laughs> because you I don't, don't like sci-fi, <laughs> I guess I don't know. Maybe I should try it. When does oh the second season already started airing? For yeah, that. it started in August. There's stuff that came out in August that's or no in July. Sorry, is that the month that you meant to say it came out oh, in July? Yeah, this is August now. So we are we are August. We, we both meant to be talking about July. There's a couple of shows that came out in July. I haven't watched yet that I meant to. Minx, second oh, season started season. airing. However, it's airing on Stars now because Max canceled it and yeah. Stars picked it up. And I'm so happy that someone picked it up. Minx season one was so, so excellent. But I don't have Stars. So uh, shout out Stars. Please gift me a free um, <laughs> subscription. I would love to watch Minx season two. I'll watch it eventually. And. Uh, I don't know if I actually want to watch this or if I just feel like I need to. The Sheridan verse is my new Marvel verse in that I feel like I need to watch every show that Tyler Sheridan creates. Okay. For no real reason, except that I've started watching them and now I feel like I'm trapped. Can't stop. And he, his newest one is called Special Ops Lioness. And oh, I've heard some things about this. Zoe Saldana. Did you hear good things? Bad things? She's- I haven't heard anything. Uh, just mainly the premise, like she's a, like a special ops, I don't know. They have to, she has to withstand torture of some kind. I'm just like remembering. I thought you were just going to say she has to like be a Linus and then therefore you've said she's in special ops and she has to be a Linus, which I was going to say is just the name of the show. (laughs) Not sure you've heard anything. I don't remember anything about the like blurbs that I read, but except that there's like I don't know, some amount of she's got to withstand torture and like go behind enemy lines and they have to make sure that she can. I don't know. Uh, I you mean, go. It's you... going to be very Tyler Sheridan. It's not, I'm assuming it's not going to be groundbreaking. It's just going to be sort of cheesy dialogue, pretty good action, like a good, I don't know, a good easy binge when you just need to like throw something on and you don't really care what it is. And we watched Tulsa King and it was that. Mm. It was just like fine. It certainly wasn't very good, but 
I'll probably watch that at some point. I didn't feel that compelled to. So then when the strike started and I couldn't put anything on TikTok and I was just like, oh, if I don't have to watch this new show that came out that I'm not super thrilled about, then I'm not going to. So eventually maybe I will, but perhaps I won't. Maybe the strike saved me from that one. Fair enough. Have you been watching anything uh, that we haven't mentioned yet? Or are these I watched things Twisted Metal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote about it in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. It's a video game adaptation. I don't think we talked about it, though. I think I just wrote about it in the newsletter. And then, yeah. obviously, you read that. But th- it is interesting in that I thought it was going to be terrible. And then I started watching it. And I was like, oh, yes, it's terrible. In the first, like, five minutes. It was immature humor, over-the-top violence. I was like, this is everything that I don't want in what and what I assumed it would be when I heard it was a video game adaptation of, like, not a story-driven video game. Like, not like The Last of Us. It's just a car driving action sort of video game i don't know i didn't play it very similar to the fast and the furious because that's what it's sounding like no very different different enough it i was thinking i was gonna say it's more like grand theft auto in terms of a video game that doesn't have a narrative just has like you drive around and you can cause crime i'm clearly not i don't like i haven't played any video games but it was kind of good. Like it wasn't good, but it was kind of it was watchable. Yeah, I mean, you gave it a relatively decent rating in the newsletter. Minus, I think. Yeah, and I really like Stephanie Beatriz, so I was happy that she was a fairly main role from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Rosa. It was still very gory and still immature in its style of humor, but yeah, it was. I don't know. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I was actually really surprised that I wanted to keep watching it. Normally, I'm forcing myself to keep watching a new show that I want to review, but I actually looked forward to that. So, yeah, hence the B minus, even though it was, I don't know. I'm a little worried that people are going to watch it and be like, I can't believe Jess told me to watch this. But I think it'll work better for some people than others. Just know that I wanted to turn it off and I'm glad I didn't. So maybe stick with it if you're like, feeling unsure. I wouldn't say specifically for you, Jenny, that you. Uh, that was going to be my next question. I don't I don't think so. I don't okay. think you'd care for it enough to make it worth it. I'll take that then. I was going to, I was going to say like, I'll force myself through it if you think it's worth it. But if not for no. me, then not and for me. And that's not even worth it for like. I mean, somebody who the concept sounds really interesting to, I still wouldn't be like, oh, it was executed so well. If you like that sort of thing, you'll totally love it. I think it was still just like a quality use of time if you're looking to have something on. It wasn't wasn't like a waste of time. I think right now I feel like I'm in a content desert. Like there's just not a lot of, like I said, like good new shows coming out. And I was happy that that one wasn't bad (laughs) because I tried to watch Full Circle. And that was not good. Do you know that one? The Soderbergh one? No. Oh, yeah. It premiered on Max to very little fanfare. Although I don't think it was actually an HBO show. I think it was specifically a Max show. But mm. it's Steven Soderbergh, the director of Ocean's Eleven, 12, etc. Yep. And I think this is his first show. I might be wrong about that. But uh, it's a miniseries. It has Claire Danes, Timothy Oliphant. Zazzy Beats and like people. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, pretty good cast. Oh, just a real, 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 real snooze fest. My goodness. Bummer. Truly boring. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming there there has been some stuff that has come out, but it's been like Reservation Dogs, for instance, season three, but you could not start at season three in this case you have to watch all of them so i know and i told myself i was gonna catch up and then i did not i don't know nothing's driving me to pick that one up that's okay yeah that one's definitely when you're ready it's there and it'll be good um and then nothing that has come out yet but heartstopper and only murder in the building come soon heartstopper is out Oh, and wait. Actually, that is on my list to watch. I didn't. I was away this weekend, so I didn't. And I'm just waiting to have like four hours to sit down and watch the whole thing because it's so bingeable. Oh, I totally misread my date on when that was coming out. That's exciting. I'm Go so watch excited. Stop, everyone. I'm no, I know that'll be our next check in. Maybe we'll both have seen it by then. I'm hoping yeah. to watch it by the newsletter by the time of needing to write that, but I don't mm-hmm. know if I will. But I'm so excited. Season one was so cute. It really was. I'm not as excited about Only Murders, 
just, I mean, I'm, I'm relatively excited. It's coming to the time of year where I would want to watch something like that. I'm just a little worried because I feel myself going into last year sort of like, I didn't love season two as much. Uh, and I don't want to be like grumpy Jenny the whole time, but like, I hope it's good. I don't know. I I'm thinking that maybe not talking about every episode will help us enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah. But I st- I'm still annoyed because it's such a spooky season show and I don't want to watch it in the summer. I don't, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, you say that I might wait until at least September, especially if I've got other stuff like red, white, and Royal blue to watch a movie that I'm very excited about. Yeah. Did another you that? Yeah, you must have if you're Mm -hmm. excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. But in terms of shows, not a ton else to look forward to this month. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. I gotta I gotta watch Heartstopper. Uh I don't know what else. After party is still airing, season two of the after party on Apple. I liked season one a lot. Yeah, I haven't I wouldn't say I loved it, but I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Certain episodes work better than others. You should definitely watch it. Not like you should totally watch it. It was one of my favorite shows, but like if you need it's a show, you should yeah, you should yeah. watch it. It's funny, good entertainment. I, think I mean, I like two, everyone in it. Yeah, yeah. The cast is crazy good. Season two so far, just as good, if not better. I want to say it's better, but we're only like five episodes in, so I'm not making that statement yet. But I will. I think I'll give it a few more episodes before I review it. But I'm enjoying that. And then Hijack was a very fun summer oh, show. Yeah. People actually said yeah i was surprised that i liked it all the way through and it was coming out weekly so it was like a good little treadmill show to catch up on each week it was you well know, it was kind of like um who's that guy that's in liam neeson it's kind of like a liam neeson movie dragged out over seven episodes but in a good way not in a bad way i feel like idris elba is up for that is for for being a new liam neeson type yeah i guess we'll see if that's the way his career is going it, he did a great job he's he was definitely the like the high mark of the show but it was solid. It was fun. I may. I mean, I you have talked it up decently. And also I've heard others say that they enjoyed it. And also if it's just one season, I don't see why. It, like it doesn't seem daunting Only seven to watch. Episodes. If I need something, if I need to feel any sort of action, I feel like I would go for that over the other one you were just talking about that I you know, forget the name. Oh, the lioness. Like, I feel like I would go for action that is like set in a plane, almost like a bottle show than something like with spies and such. Well, I think there's something very appealing about plane crash shows. Like that just, it triggers something inside us all that makes us want to watch that. Why have they made that movie a million times? If not, if that wasn't true. Yep. Basically that same movie a million times. And now this and show, show, which is essentially still the same story. Obviously, there's like a twist or, you know, there's the why and how and what of it mm-hmm. all that you don't know for the first few episodes that ends up being satisfying, satisfying. But like, I thought it was going to be like make or break, like whatever the story behind this is, is going to be if I like is going to decide if I like this or not. And it wasn't. It was just a fun watch. Like, I was like, okay, the twists are coming and going. I was just happy to be, like, to have something to watch that was just, mm. like, keeping my attention for an hour. This seems, yeah, it seems pleasant. I feel like it's it weird was, to call that show pleasant. But, yeah. It was anxiety-inducing, <laughs> for sure. I Like, the last episode almost gave me a fun. panic attack. But in, in a good way, maybe. Before, unless you had other things, before we move to our flat share notes, because, as I said, I do have a decent number of them, I saw a preview for Love in Taipei, which will be on Paramount Plus while I was watching um, Flatchair, actually, I think. But it's a movie from the producers of Exo Kitty. Um, and Nico, uh, the guy, I can't remember his last name, starts with an H, who is in The Power, which you watched one episode of, and I also watched one episode and maybe should return to, um, the like skateboarding guy. Oh, you remember the hair more from that than I do. If you saw his image, I think you would recognize him. Um, I'm looking at his face. I Googled him while we were talking. Oh, and you don't recognize no him. No clue who this man is. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I saw that and I was like, oh, just like Exo Kitty. I wonder if this will be good. I did and like Exo Kitty. I would watch that. That's the only thing that I have. It's a movie and it seems sweet. And uh, well, it's my what... radar. Sweet. Our radar. Our radar. 
Uh, okay. Do you want to move to the thoughts? plot share? Yeah. So uh, for our listeners, we will now be spoiling? Yep. Uh, question mark. Okay. We will be spoiling the <laughs> plot share. If you haven't, I'd say if you've read the book, this is fine. Please feel free to listen. I don't it, it, the book is close enough to the adaptation that I don't think we'd be spoiling plot points. Mm-mm. And if you haven't read the book and you haven't seen it yet, we're spoiling it. So listen at your own risk. And with that, Jenny, what was your overall feeling about the show? I feel like I said mine, but you didn't say yours. Uh, my overall feeling was positive. I liked it. My main, the main detractor for me, in fact, was one singular person more than anything else. Um, which made the show, which made it feel like more cartoony and less realistic. And that was Justin. Justin could have been more, a more realistic villain to me. Uh, but instead he felt like a cartoon villain. I had a similar note and I don't think it was exactly that, but I think it could be that now that you say that, I agree with you. I wrote down that they didn't go far enough in showing how abusive Justin was. It felt more like yeah, like cutesy, which I think is what you're saying too. Like, oh, like he's a love bomber, but like they didn't really show like how toxic his behavior was to Tiffy. Yes. And they like, or, like how traumatizing, of, I think is what I meant. Right. They would dip into it and you'd be like, oh, here they go. And then it would sort of, yeah, like lighten the mood again. Almost like they were scared of going too far into showing how truly emotionally abusive he was. Uh, and it then, bothered me too yeah. because they tried to use it as her character development and it didn't really work in her character development because they didn't actually show how messed up she would have been from him right it was yeah it was just an imbalance of like the reaction didn't really match what we were seeing on screen from justin i think they could have shown as much i'm just trying to think like writing wise if they'd kept the plot of this show exactly the same but the actor had been a little bit more serious I wonder if that would have been enough because you would have felt more and maybe, maybe like some different underlying music. Like you would have just like felt the more sinister things. <laughs> well, I think it was worse in the book. They left out or changed things that I think in the book made me understand how abusive yeah. and narcissistic he was. Can't One really of them remember. being, yeah, I did remember a very specific plot point because it stuck with me this whole time since I read the book that she was living in his apartment. They were maybe they lived together, but I don't know if it was his or theirs. When they broke up, they were living together and she slept on the couch and he would have women over like while oh, she was on the couch. Yeah. And that and and her perception of that was sort of like, oh, well, we're broken up. Like I just hope he takes me back. Like she was clearly traumatized from it and we were in her brain. So it was easy to see. But I feel like they could have left that in. Like, why was her looking for a flat? Actually, why? Yeah, it was that they that she moved out, but it was that she moved out and the day after he started dating this other person, I don't understand mm-hmm. why they changed that detail. Yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. I mean, that would have been another just like, wow, what a slimy guy this is. And he was always trying to hit her up, but he was flaky. Like, I just think a couple more. I mean, it was we had eight episodes to work with. Like, they could have mm-hmm. just put in a couple more scenes even that showed how pervasive he was in her life and how it was always negative ultimately and how back and forth it was like they they only gave us a little bit of that there was also not enough of an outrage when they figured out that she that he had control over her phone i agree i felt i thought that should have been a much bigger point i thought that people were gonna be like, like oh the key my god tiffy yeah of like uh, how insane and manipulative and controlling he was yeah she didn't even really, just nobody had enough of a reaction to that. That was when I wrote, I feel like they didn't go far enough in showing how abusive Justin is, but it it was an overall note, but that was when mm-hmm. I was thinking about it. Cause I was like, why is this being at all brushed under the rug? Like, this is so troubling. Yes. Agreed. That was, that's mainly like, other than that, I thought the show was very well done. I don't think I made any other sort of like editing notes, <laughs> like what I would change or what I thought needed to be fixed. I had a lot of like, the intro song gives off Grey's Anatomy energy for me. I, I wonder you. why you said you liked the theme. I don't know the intro to Grey's Anatomy. That's not a show that I've watched. It was just like the style of song. I was wondering why you liked that. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was fine. I'm, I wouldn't say anything about the show was particularly memorable or particularly well done. I would say it was a perfectly pleasant rom-com. 
if you can call it that, sort of romance novel adaptation. I don't know that it totally justified being a show rather than a movie. However, mm. I didn't feel like it had too much wasted time. So I don't I don't say it as a negative to say I don't think it justified it. More just that it wasn't super memorable all in all. So maybe they could have made a tighter, better movie. I don't feel like it was boring, though. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Because I've seen a lot of rom-coms and just like a lot of romancy movies, TV shows, read a lot of those kinds of books, anything where I feel like there's a realism, like I'm I'm enchanted by the people's relationship to a certain extent, but also feel like it doesn't feel fake. It gives like an extra plus, like a check plus in my column. And I feel like this TV show did that. And so that is mainly why I was just like, I really, I don't have very many notes because other than the cartoon villain, I did write, I wrote his face looks like a cartoon villain in a Frankie Muniz spy kids movie, which is a mixture of a couple of different movies. But like, that's what Justin was giving (laughs) rather than like Muniz spy kids movie is just Agent Cody Banks. I think you've described Agent I, Cody Banks. I have, yes. And I couldn't remember what it was, but I knew it wasn't Spy Kids. And I, I knew Frankie was in it. Or uh, the one that Paul Giamatti is the, I kept thinking when they turned him blue. It doesn't, this is neither here nor there. No, the, the turning blue is the part I remember too. I was about to say, oh, the one where he's blue. What is but the name of that the, movie? It's not like the idiot or like the, not the idiot, the, um, the oh, the, Big Fat Liar. Are you trying to think of the it's name like of it? Something yeah. derogatory. Yes, Big Fat Liar. Got it. Oh, um, derogatory. Anyhow, the that's Justin was giving off like, ha, 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 I'm silly and I'm doing bad things, but it's in a kid's show versus the rest of the TV show to me felt like I think we I think we talked about this when we both started watching the first episode. They don't seem so much like caricatures of human beings. Like they did a good job at making the two main characters seem relatively like their their motives seemed warranted and like everything they were doing seemed normal it wasn't like this crazy rom-com fantasy world so yeah that i liked yeah that was kind of what bothered me in the book but more that leon seemed like he was on the spectrum in the book and i thought it was intentional and i thought it was like done well enough but then i thought it also wasn't addressed and then it was kind of odd that it like it really felt like that's what they were going for with this character but then didn't i don't know like didn't actually talk about it and didn't totally forgot about that in the book and did not register that in the show at all no and they only did like the most minor of like like ocd tendencies in the Mm. show like leon and his rules, which like again were like very normal apartment rules and like weren't right. There was very little that characterized him that way, but I totally got it in the book. And then I also got like Tiffy was the way the author described Tiffy was like, oh, she like loves mismatching socks and like wearing pigtails. And like it was giving like immature child that like never grew up and isn't a grown adult woman the way that the author wrote those two characters was so strange like the way i remembered at least was that these two were two caricatures crazy people that would never have ended up together and then this i feel like we got real people that like maybe had a little bit of like she's a little quirky he's a little strict they don't seem like they would go together but they totally do Mm -hmm. and that is not not what i got from the book at all the quirkiness of eyeliner dot under eye as an everyday makeup look. How'd you feel about that? I kind of loved it. I kinda it was kind of cool. Sybil from Downton Abbey was Tiffy, which I couldn't place She's her amazing. for the longest time. She's very cool. I what other what other notes did I have? Oh, I said I now know so much about the side effects for different pharmaceuticals. The freebie ads. I got so many drug ads. Oh, like, I like only got Wheel of Time ads. Oh no, I got like plaque psoriasis and like yeah, I didn't love that we had to watch it on freebie. I will say that I, the ads would show up in like the middle of someone's sentence. Yeah, my experience with this show on freebie versus a show that was like meant to come out on a platform with ads, like Primo, which also came out on freebie, but they planned around the ads, was so different. Like I was so much less. It was less jarring with Primo it was written like an old sitcom where they had actual like act breaks where then there would be an ad. This was so weird. I totally agree. 
just like in the middle of sentences, in the middle of scenes. Yeah, it made it kind of annoying to watch. I wish they had figured out something else. It's very interesting yeah. though to like see the way that TV writing has changed based on whether or not you need an act break or not. Well, they could have at least waited until someone was finished with their sentence. My goodness. Yeah, 100%. This was like laziness to this degree. Very annoying. Oh, I wrote heartbreaking, wise, ill little child trope. Oh, that is a trope. Sisterhood. Bailey from Sisterhood. Yeah, we got the same one. Yep. That was my first one, but there are others, aren't there? There are others, but that was the main one that I was thinking of as well. Oh, that really made me sad. Yeah. I had forgotten that entire plot point in the book that she sends them on that trip to go find the guy. I'm being very specific with my details here. Uh, I don't remember anyone's name. Mr. Johnson. It was some obvious name. Johnny White and someone else. Johnny White. And then the guy that was in the care. I don't know his name. I remembered that plot only a little bit and only after I started watching the show, but I don't think I would have remembered yeah, and even after watching, like, not super memorable, I don't really know what service that had, other than getting them together on the train at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then other than that, my last note was the silent kitchen scene at the end did make me, like, give me a little grin on my face. Is there going to be a season two? I don't think so. I don't right? think so. It's the no. end. It was cute. It was forgettable, kind of like the book, but I did like it better than the book. I thought it did correct some of my issues with the book. I thought it was a great binge. It was, yeah, nothing to write home about in many ways, but also a super pleasant show in a season where we have been a little bit starved for stuff that is fun and light and fun to watch. Yeah. What are you going to watch next? I still have some of the foundation to watch. I still have... A few episodes of Good Omens. So those are uh, on my definitely next to watch list. And but then, then what? But then what? I mean, Heartstopper. Probably True. try to get to Reservation Dogs as well. All right. We'll talk later. Uh, more yeah. TV. Maybe more Veronica Mars. Yes. Perhaps we'll just schedule that in. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 